Welcome to Purgatory. I'm just fucking with y'all. Actually, this is the first episode of Really Grown Shit, my podcast. Woo! Oh, yeah, it's a full house up in here. Literally, I decided for the first episode that it would be best for us to really talk about what Really Grown Shit is. Now, when I graduated from college, no one told me what the fuck I was supposed to do life after they tell you to get a job but they don't tell you about the job market they tell you to find apartments and that life is going to be easy but they don't tell you everything so what we're here today is not to scare you no i don't want to scare anybody i just want to let y'all know the really grown because it's some really grown shit y'all y'all understand adulting is difficult adulting is very difficult period period exactly Exactly. And it's like, I sit here sometimes and I always wonder. I'm like, the 20s are really ghetto. Like, I want to skip and just be 30 right now. Like, I really don't feel like this is just not... Uh, but the main thing that's really been bugging me out, y'all, is this job search. Like, I don't know about y'all. First off, oh, I, I didn't even give y'all a temperature check. So I got all my baddest friends in the room right now hey. say yourself who are you who are you team who are you what is your name so my name is lauren hi my name is areli hi my name is jayla hey, and i'm tashaya we are right now <laughs> so friends how has the job search been for y'all because this shit has been annoying like I swear, I always apply for positions, but then they always tell me, you don't have enough experience. But I'm like, what do you expect from me? I just graduated. Like, what else do you want from me? You want me to go somewhere else and work? I think when I started with the job search, like, the most annoying part was the starting pay. Like, you have a college degree, but you get paid, like, $15. Speak it. Yeah, yeah, that's so many people in LA, and, like, a lot of job postings require, like, a higher degree when you're getting paid minimum wage, and I just don't think that's fair. No, it definitely doesn't. It just, it, like, decreases the value of my degree. Like, yeah. why did I even do it then? Absolutely. Of course, like, I have to yeah. go into more debt to even get the pay that I want to get. Like, I have, like, some programs are like, oh, they want a master's degree, but you're not going to pay me $17 an hour. So it's like I spent all this time, all this money on my education, mm-hmm. just get paid seventy dollars an hour. I'm like, we went to good, we went to really good schools, y'all. We went to we really worked our asses off for our degrees. Four years of stress, yeah. like we couldn't even just like words can't even describe. I'm just glad that it's all over. It was fun. This four don't don't get me wrong. The four years were fun, but this shit now. Mm-hmm. Get them ghetto i just think that because we went to good schools there was this expectation that once we graduated there would be some like like gold golden pot you know like some prize because you graduated from like a prestigious school that you would be guaranteed like a good job but it's not like that at all i think that's like a myth like what you're saying but it only applies to like white students because i feel like everyone who was in my graduating class that was white they have jobs already. So mm-hmm. they're they're ready to go already. They've already they've been working since like they graduated. Like but everyone I know of color is very much still struggling, especially like the black people. And we had to fight for our education. Like most of us were low income, not even from the neighborhood, so it's kind of like a whole new world. It was a whole new world for me. Like I felt like I honestly want to stay where I lived out in college and just stay there long term. I thought that was gonna be my life after college. I wasn't expecting to move back home. I didn't expect that. I was expecting that yeah. right after college, I was supposed to get me an apartment and probably stay in the Bay or maybe relocate to some new state and just try like a whole life all over again. Yeah. 
But then again, it's like what well, they they don't tell you that it's just like right after you graduate, it's like okay, you're on your own now. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say my personal opinion. I mean, well, my personal experience. I moved back home because my mom really wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very much was like you. I thought I was gonna have my own apartment, like signing a lease somewhere mm-hmm. and like starting a job and just like being like a working girl, hit the yeah. ground running, and that's definitely not happened. I think moving back home, I got a little too comfortable, mm. and my mom is like kind of enabling it a little because she's in no hurry for me to leave because she wants me to stay longer, mm-hmm. and so I think that kind of was like not a good idea now that I'm looking back on it because she's not like really pushing me. Same, same. It's like I feel like for me it's like since I we we I did so good in college. I was I was kind of that one kid who's like really independent. I was just like I'm gonna take care of my own. I got my own on campus job. I appreciate all the support y'all giving to me these past four years. And honestly I had a better relationship with my parents when I wasn't living here. Speak it. It's like I like honestly when you get when you oh get my gosh <laughs> yes. when you get older it's like you wanna just be like, Hi mom, how's it going? Good? Okay. This is going on in my life. Life is good. Don't criticize me. Thank you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, my mom I liked each other so much more when we weren't living in the same house. We were like, we were like this. We were like this. I was like, I was fine when she used to come visit. I, she was fine when I came to visit. But then it's like, imagine visiting long term. This is like what it feels like now that I'm back home. Because I was so adjusted to having my own place to stay. Yeah. I also didn't expect to come back home. My idea after graduation was like, I was going to be studying abroad in Ghana for six weeks, come back three weeks, and then going again to Barbados for four months and that shit just fell through the cracks so that had me hella devastated too because in my head I was like I have this almost like this grace period for me to figure out what I want to do and then figure out job search so Mm -hmm. hopefully by the end of my second program Barbados which I was supposed to be coming back in December I was like okay or January Mm -hmm. I was like okay by then I should have a job because I have that amount of time to be applying Mm -hmm. and all um but that was one thing like since that fell through the cracks I didn't actually realize or was ever told how long it takes to find a damn job I because I was like, I don't want to like, yeah, do that. Right? Dude, it's literally been three months and I got my first offer last Thursday. And it's been, no, it's been three months. Yeah, my first offer was yesterday. Yeah. And, and I've been congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. No, like what the fuck? But it's been three months. But think about this. I feel like one thing that we do is we sometimes put ourselves, we put, we're hard on ourselves sometimes. I also mm-hmm. blame the fact that we went to really good schools and we had a nice work ethic to where it's like we were so accustomed to having shit go on a schedule. That it's like yeah. now it's like, okay, there's really no schedule things because I don't have an assignment to do. I don't have midterms. Like there's nothing else like that's really putting me organized. So say that so, Google Calendar was failed. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, yeah. oh I used to love yeah. that yeah. shit. I used to love looking at my calendar. You ever there was yeah, no yeah. white time slot yeah, there. No, 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 no. Yeah. Talk about color because that shit was like, every color of the rainbow. Now my calendar is like, get out of bed, <laughs> take a shower, wash your teeth. The fact that I have to schedule time, like, oh, wake up at this time, yeah. <laughs> wake up, go to the gym at this time. No, back in college, I just was always up. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just didn't sleep because you know them all nights were bitches. So I didn't yeah. know that all all three of you didn't want to move back home because I after I graduated, I really wanted to move back. Home. Really? Was it yeah. because like you missed LA? I missed LA. I think we I meant more in terms family. of like living with our parents. Yeah, not LA. I love living with my parents. Like what? I'm saving a lot of money, so I'm so just yeah, not me. worried about that's that. That's because right you have now. a job, more. 
I don't know, but it's like it, it's like <laughs> I don't I don't have to worry about paying rent. Yeah, no, and like I that don't. whole lease process. Like my brother still lives in the bay. It's like it's mm-hmm. completely different. Oh, I yeah. didn't want to move back because I knew that I'd have to start paying rent because so with like my family situations, like my mom owns the home, mm-hmm. but. To, in order to make the mortgage, like she has, we have a three bedroom home. She has to rent out two of those three bedrooms. Mm. So I knew that when once I was gonna have to come back, like at least back at school, I was used to sharing an apartment with all of my friends, but sharing my room with just one other person. Whereas in like the room at home, it's like my mom, my brother, sometimes my sister and I. So it's like four of us, and imagine we have a three-bedroom home, but we could only have one of those three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. But then she got, my sister was able to get, like, her bedroom, but then either way, I'm still, like, I have to share. Yeah. Like, so Sorry. that's how, and, and she is in the process of moving out, too. Mm. So when she moves out, like, I can't help with mortgage right now. I don't have, yeah, no I, I don't even have any income. Mm-hmm. But once she moves out, I know I'm the one that has to step in to pay that mo- that part of the mortgage that she pays too. Which is why I was like, I'd rather just move somewhere else or just still be in the Bay. At least like I'll be by myself or I'll be with my friends. I'll have space because mm-hmm. there it's it wasn't even a lot of space. Like the Bay is crammed as shit, even the apartments. But Absolutely. that was still more space than what I have like yeah. at home. Same. So I was like yeah I don't even want to go back home and all this but it feels so good to be back like not gonna lie it feels so good because I haven't I hardly spend time with my siblings or with my mom but I'm like ugh, I miss that independence like and not and not that even she restricts me or anything it's just like being able to just go out with my friends invite them when I want like that's why I won't even invite people because I'm like we got no space or anything like that (laughs) No, it's been hard. It has been hard. Especially, it's, I feel like the issue was just like, well, for me personally, it's like, I share a one-bedroom with my mom. It's mm-hmm. like, it's cute because I'm like, it's only two of us and we're both small, so like we can just fit anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the one thing that I had realized that I had a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had like four, I want to tell you, I am straight up moved to, to the Bay Area. Oh, I moved. I took all my shit. I didn't leave nothing back here. Mm-hmm. So I want to say moving back was a very difficult part of just like trying to organize all of my things. And it's like, okay, I'm glad that everything fits now, but it's like, it still feels a little bit cramped in here. It still mm-hmm. feels cramped in here. And it's like, I'm sitting here and it's like, I remember, I appreciate my space. I appreciate the time. Like, honestly, I listen to Ari Lennox so much. And Mm -hmm. that one song, New Apartment, she's like, well, I can walk around my house naked as hell. I can't Mm -hmm. walk around my house naked. No. And you remember, that's that's like a feeling. That's just like, it's... Like, that's I a good like, ass. You ever walk around your, na- your house naked before? It felt so good. Uh, yeah. Or didn't play some music. Mm-mm, I never have. <laughs> my parents aren't home most of the time. It's just me at the house. No, seriously. See, like, me and my mom are both homebodies, so we're always both home at the same time. <laughs> but, like, we're always both in our own rooms, okay. so that's good. But, like, the thing about, like, walking around naked, like, I like to wear, like, shorts in the house. Mm-hmm. And, like, my mom and I live with my stepdad. And he's been mm-hmm. around since I was, like, seven. Mm-hmm. But, like, she has this problem with me wearing shorts in the house. Like, it's, like, a problem. Or oh, not wearing goodness. a bra. Wow. And I'm, like, that's weird because, like, you're saying more about you and Marcus, my stepdad, oh, okay, than you yeah. are about me. Like, why is it a problem for me to yeah. walk around my father figure in shorts and no bra? I'm, like, what the, like, what the hell? Like, when I lived oh, with my Marcus. grandparents, like, literally, I would walk around, doesn't matter what I'm wearing in front of my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And it was never a problem problem of course because 
yeah. you know, he shouldn't be sexualizing me. He shouldn't be seeing me that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking about it last night. And I was like, if Marcus ever told my mom, like, you know, can you tell her to stop wearing shorts? She would probably get on me more than him. Like, instead of telling him, so like, why are you gosh. looking at her that way or anything like that? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I miss the most about having my own place. Like, I could walk around because I lived, I've always lived with all girls. Mm-hmm. And so I could wear whatever I want. Like, if yeah. I want to wear a tank top and a bra, mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. If I want to wear booty shorts, I can do that. If I want to just wear my panties around the house, it's fine. No one cares. Mm-hmm. That's, like, one of the biggest things I miss about, like, living by myself or not living, like, with family. And I feel like one of the things that I kind of wish I did, which I wish I was smarter about coming, I, mean, I like I said, I wasn't prepared to come back to Los no. Angeles after graduation. If I had known that all of us were struggling, I would have <laughs> been like, we could have just came, pieced up together, and got our own little apartment. Mm-hmm. Thinking, I mean, like, the way apartments are, it's like, ugh, I just, that rant, I'm just like, listen, no matter, it's very contingent on whatever, wherever parts you go in Los Angeles, because, like, the rent in Inglewood, Inglewood gentrification is rising up because of that form. Literally, my mom just got a notice today that her rent's going up another $50. Really? She literally got a notice today, it was on the door, because of gentrification, and they literally put in the letter, because of gentrification. Because oh we're right, goodness. I'm over right by the, like, forum mm-hmm. and the stadium, like, it's literally walking distance from my house, the, this, like, Rams one, mm-hmm. literally, yeah. Like, that sucks. yeah and she's like every time we drive by she's so excited like oh my god look at how be- like big it is it's so like pretty and i'm like mom this is literally ruining like the community like, people are homeless i was like mom your rent has gone up like almost a hundred dollars within the last like six months because of the stadium and that makes a difference hell yeah it does difference. and not only that like all those like small businesses and all those apartments mm-hmm. that are on that street what street is that that the form is on uh, sentinella mm-hmm. no prairie 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 like, they're, they're going to be gone. Like, they're going to yeah. get rid of all that shit. And all that shit has literally been there since before I was even born. And now it's, like, gone. It. Yeah, like, even now, like, you can see, like, they're starting to buy out different stores, like, around the area. Like, all that construction they're doing on Crenshaw and stuff, mm-hmm. they're doing that because they're right by the freeways. And they're the freeways that are going to lead people to their stadium. Yeah. Like, they weren't doing that for the residents, people who have lived yeah, here for years. And has, whose cars have been fucked up by potholes and, like, fucked up ass roads. No, they did it because of all the people, all the businesses was come in the fucking stadium mm-hmm. and i was like and it's such a like i feel like it's such a slap to the face like yeah. this is what it took for you guys to fix the damn roads for like the people who actually pay taxes here but like mm-hmm. for everyone else it just doesn't matter anymore like it was the craziest shit ever i hate that fucking stadium i can't even describe it damn i it looks great to look at i like honestly it's like some i feel like now when i moved back home it's like even I realized I didn't realize how gentrification was hitting us so close to home, and I didn't realize it because I feel like at first I thought I was like, oh, it's a Berkeley thing. Like it's like mm-hmm. I could easily point out instances in the Bay Area where they could say there's gentrification, but I didn't really apply those to when I started when I actually came back home and I started applying what I learned to my home life. Like mm-hmm. now I know that if there's a Starbucks on a corner, then gentrification has hit that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that's the standard. I'm like, cause I don't. Who do you know? I don't drink Starbucks. Mm-mm. There's so many like small mom and pop cafes in my neighborhood that when I saw a Starbucks, I was like, this is a slap to their faces. I'm like, these these buildings, these businesses have been on these have been supporting this this uh fucking what's it called city since before I even moved down here. Like my neighbor was literally doing Airbnb now. Oh, oh like gosh. and that like when I, I heard when I saw that I was like wow it's like really coming because it's like all white people and I live in like like the hood of Inglewood like I'm in the hood and like there's all these white people coming in like in and out 
like for her Airbnb and like I found it on Airbnb and it's like she's like charging them like over 150 a night that's crazy and I'm like what the fuck <laughs> are you serious right now Mm-mm. like yeah that's just like not cute at all isn't it wild to see like like you're you come from this certain area that you've been living your whole life you go to school and then you come back and then you go to school and you come back for breaks or whatever and then slowly throughout that time you start it's almost like your own area, the, your own home is, like, unrecognizable anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, and I was, like, would I have noticed this if I didn't leave or if I didn't go to mm-hmm. Berkeley, you know? Because I'm, like, do, do my friends that are still here, like, notice this going on? Mm-hmm. And then I know everyone's all excited, like, oh, the Starbucks, oh, the Wingstop, oh, this, and th- the Chick-fil-A. I'm, like, oh, my, why? Like, why do we have all these things? You're, like, oh, my gosh, it's so great, but, like... Mm-hmm. The rent is like fifteen hundred for a one bedroom apartment exactly. now. Like, like a what? Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, do do we realize this? And then I always think about like the privilege that I came with, like g- being able to leave and go to a school and mm-hmm. learn about all these mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah, what yeah, is gentrification? Yeah. And then I'm like, would I have noticed that? But I, it's just wild to see that that transformation in your own community to almost becoming unrecognizable. And then some people seeing it as a hella good thing. Like, I know, oh my gosh, so many people in Norwalk, they think it's such a great thing that all these things are coming in. And they're like, yes, because it finally gets to push out homeless people. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, does anyone notice that, like, they just, like, the city just chose to not approve or go forward with the homeless shelter? Because oh, they I were, saw you post yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were, yeah, because yeah, they were afraid of, like, how it mm. would make the community look. But now they're gonna they're gonna be okay with We're opening condos, right? yeah, yeah. twenty seven new condos or something like that. They're gonna mm. bring other like but the residents can't even afford like, those condos. Who the yeah. hell can afford this? Who shit? the white the rich white folk the yeah. beige folk our condos? Yeah, it makes mm. you realize it's never for the people that've been living oh, there. No, it's no. for the people they're, that they, they don't want care about there. us. Yeah, yeah exactly. they, they trying to get us out. This is the thing, and it's like I feel like I tend to see a lot of people a lot of people that I know who used to live in Inglewood beforehand like now they're moving to like Lancaster yeah, more like yeah. yeah like a lot of people are mo- like Palmdale and stuff Moreno like that Valley, Mer- Riverside. Yeah, like Riverside <laughs> and it's like I feel like that's good because it's like I feel like it's good because it's like we're kind of moving ourselves throughout the map of California that's, mm-hmm. that's that's the good side but at the same time it's like my origins are lost like I don't have an origin story it's like I've yeah. been moving around from California like I lived in Reno Valley like my first when I first was like I lived in Los Angeles, and then I moved to Moreno Valley. And then after Moreno Valley, we moved to Vegas. And then after that, we moved back to Inglewood. Mm-hmm. And so it's been, like, this weird, like, place where just, like, I don't even know where I'm from. Yeah. I can't even call a place home because there was elements of home in them. And it's just been, I feel like it's just, that's one of the difficult things. That's why I was so eager to go far away from school. Because yeah. it's like you get your own, because I was able to actually hone in on Berkeley as like a home for me as a second home like I made a family there yeah, I made I met so many people there and I enjoyed my experiences but then I was sitting here like the only way I come back there is if I had to go back to school or if they gave me a full-time job mm-hmm. and what I hated was that when I was applying for jobs the fucking school wouldn't even apply wouldn't even accept me oh mm-hmm. yeah I couldn't even get a job at UCLA I, well I went to UCLA and literally those are the first places I applied to and I never got a job there I couldn't even get a call back for any of the jobs there. and I literally just graduated from your campus i tried yeah like it was just it was such a like fucking like mind hell like mind fuck like Mm -hmm. it just didn't make any sense to me like i would think you of all people like my autumn would like accept me or like Mm -hmm. at least give me an entry-level job Mm -hmm. but 
no. And then it's like, yeah, like you don't even qualify. Like, you exactly. Qualify. I'm like, I'm like I've been here for four years. Like, if anything, you should know better than anyone yeah. what kind of person I am. Like, what more do you want from me? I like, followed all your qualifications, like, your requirements. I've like, spent the last four years <laughs> working on this campus and like learning on this campus, and mm-hmm. you won't even hire me or give me an interview. Like, okay, well, just shit all over me then. I was so mad because I was sitting here. I was like, I would, like I said, I was one of the main people who was working in our Black Research Center on campus. And it's like, even though I enjoyed my experiences there, I was sitting here, I was like, let me move on to a different program on campus. I tried to apply to be like in a different position, and they were just like, no, you don't have enough experience. I was like, but you see that most of my experience is in the school. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you should be able to take what I have as something. And it's like sometimes because the job process has been so damn stressful, it's like I've even thought about going back to grad school. Yeah. I'm like, is that what I got to do? Is that what's going to help me? But then I'm like, do I got grad school money? It's like I want to go back. It's like I want to work to get grad school money so I can go back to school. I was but- talking to um, um this doctor guy last night, and he's a surgeon now. He's 30, and he's like literally I'm in $300,000 debt. <gasps> That's like, and he went to UCLA, and then he went to somewhere in Arizona for med school, and then surgical school, and he's literally three hundred grand in debt, and he's thirty still, and he's still at three hundred thirty. How do you pay that off? He was like, and eventually, like in ten years, they do like a loan forgiveness. Oh yeah, loan forgiveness. So he's like, he's like got five more years left to pay on it. But I'm like, that's just like the kind of amount of debt you go into to just be like to even like help save lives. Like, what kind of shit is that? Like, he's saving lives. And like he's in that much debt, it makes people not even want to do it. It's so yeah. yeah, it's discouraging because like, you don't want to do it, or then it get, it like perpetuates this idea that only like certain people can be doctors mm-hmm. because only certain people can afford to go into yeah. that much debt. Because once you're in grad school, like you're taking out private loans; they're not federal loans anymore. And private loans, you have to have good credit. Mm-hmm. And most people who are applying to grad school probably don't have good credit, or any sometimes, or any exactly. So it's like it, that's what I said. It just like perpetuates that like notion of who can be doctors yeah. and who can be like high ranking individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like you talking about credit like like makes me think about the lack of financial literacy that's taught throughout mm-hmm. like public schools yeah. and how like I'm like why was that yeah. not told to like why wasn't I taught about this once I came to college because you know they tell you don't worry everyone can take out loans it's no big deal nobody tells you loans comes with interest Mm -hmm. nobody tells you how what that percentage that three four five six percent interest rate like nobody tells you the different types of loans and then how that really like that fucks you up if you're a person like coming from a low-income background and then like you once you graduate and if you don't have the job like you have that six months grace period to not pay your loans and the mm-hmm. and the interest don't accumulate like what happens after after those six months you have to start paying unless you get it deferred but what if you don't you still don't even have a good job and like i'm like all mm-hmm. these things add up and i'm like why the hell don't people ever talk about or ever t- teach us about financial literacy and literally. all these like literally that, my mentor like did. saved my life because he taught me he taught me the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized oh, yeah. and I think it's subsidized is the one where they don't take interest they don't start accruing mm-hmm. interest until after the yeah. six months grace period but subs- unsubsidized ones they start it like as soon as you take it out yep. the day of they accrue and so I didn't take out any unsubsidized mm-hmm. but Same. only I only knew that because of him and there were so many people who I would tell that to and they were like oh my god are you serious mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah like do not if you don't have to don't do unsubsidized yeah. loans like that shit is like yeah the interest rate is like half of the damn yeah. like a loan amount itself 
Even like emergency loans too. Yeah, like, like, and like the parent plus ones. Yeah. Like no one qualifies for a parent plus one. Like, <laughs> like my parents, yeah. my mom. I come from a single income household. My mom don't make more than twenty thousand dollars a year. Like exactly, this is not gonna help. I'm not even gonna qualify. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But you know what I, I did? I took out so many unsubsidized loans because I didn't qualify for a lot of loans. Subsidized mm-hmm. is the good ones, right? Oh, no, unsubsidized. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I got such limited financial aid because my parents are very like upper middle class, so like we got oh, like very limited okay. like financial aid packages. Mm-hmm. It's like I think the worst part about fucking college is just like how little they teach you about saving money and like how to spend that money in like budgeting yeah in the right way so that you could like excel in your life mm. <laughs> so i don't know i i'm over i'm over fucking but you know what? i will say that the year we all came in was the year fafsa switched everything around do you is this everybody remember that we're like 2015 when we went in we had to use 2014's numbers or something like that like for the like I remember. my I don't entire remember. four years it was like we had to use every the number the, the, year the numbers of the year before like my freshman and sophomore years they were using 2015 numbers on fast food I do remember, remember that. that I do remember that so it was like a catch 22 because my mom had breast cancer that year and so she wasn't working for an entire like year mm-hmm. and a half and so when we were filling out FAFSA she was like in 2015 she had breast cancer she wasn't working so like her income level was like super fucking low mm-hmm. so like they gave me more like her expected went down to zero mm-hmm. for like every year except for my last year because then they started using current year numbers mm-hmm. and she was back at work but then she ended up going out again mm-hmm. so like my entire four years she was in and out of work because just yeah, there was like a lot of you. stuff happening but i kept i always tell her like it was like a catch-22 like you had breast cancer and that was awful but like she's fine now but it was good in the way that it helped my financial aid like mm-hmm. tremendously because like that was really the reason why I went to UCLA was the financial aid because mm-hmm. I wanted to go out of state but once she got the cancer and it was like she wasn't going to be working like full time mm-hmm. I was like well I can't I'm not going to depend on you for money at all so I'm going to mm-hmm. find a way to do it on my own and she was like okay let's like thank you like for taking it off my back and I was like literally it's nothing to be like say thank you about like that's just life like mm-hmm. you know and UCLA was, I will say UCLA was super accommodating about financial aid though. Once I like told them the situation, oh, I got, they gave me like another financial aid package. And I then like, really, I can't really, I can't really. It was just the circumstances that I, it was yeah, just yeah. like, it was good, bad timing. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, like literally all it was. Like Berkeley, every time they would like reject me for a loan, I would have to go back to the financial aid office, wait like three hours and they would give me like a parent plus loan. And my parents were just like, why the fuck would we take out a private loan? To afford like a state school. Thank. Like, Say no, it again, Lauren. Right. One more time. Right. No, it's just fucking annoying. Like it's the stupidest these schools, shit ever. This these schools have like a responsibility to like nurture their undergraduates. And they don't. And, like, they leave they us don't. out to dry. Yeah. Like, a, even when you graduate, they expect you to give back. But it's like, why would like, you give back? Literally. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me why my first year oh they were God. calling my mom up for alumni donations. Yeah. Like donate two hundred dollars. I said, Mom, don't you dare give UCLA a penny. And you I'm feel like, like donating? You Venmo me some money. Yeah. And I'm like, I haven't graduated yet. Why are you asking for a loan? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, how dare you barely help me? How dare you ask me or my parents, my parents, for money? Like, what Ain't the shit. hell? Ain't shit. Ain't shit. Like, Ain't shit. you think you deserve a gift? I deserve a gift. Shit. Yeah, you better be paying me. Yeah. I'm helping you out because, you know what, to honest to God, the UCs, they need our statistics. Yeah. They need us brown people. They need us first-generation schools to go mm-hmm. and succeed and graduate because then they can put that shit down yep. like, for the next year right. and tax write that shit off as, like, a tax or some shit or get more donations because mm-hmm. look at us. 
We have the highest amount of first generation students in the country. Didn't but we're know. depressed. But then you we're don't depressed. take care of us and you treat us like shit. Mm-hmm. Why? But we're depressed. No, I honestly like literally, I, yeah. Oh god, like when I all the four years, like even though I enjoyed my time there, I was a depressed motherfucker. Yeah. Cause like, that's the thing, they put you into the school the first year. They give you all these things. You get a free pass to the football games. Yeah. You get your, huh, what? Where they do that at? That's, <laughs> what I said. that's what I said. I was like, oh, I don't well, even you know like. What? You I don't even like all these incentives. They, they, they want to give. They want to give you so. They give you so many fucking incentives when you come into school, and then, and then they, they don't tell you how to how to keep going. They only tell you. They only be like, all right. So now that you're here, we're just gonna take some things off now because you've gotten real comfortable. Yeah. You, you know what? You still literally just gave me the goddamn common book. That was the only incentive I got from the seller. They that? didn't give me shit. You know, like the games. Like the the yeah. only way you can get into the games as a student is like to buy this fucking den pass, and that's just like two hundred dollars. Oh my god. And you don't even get and you don't even get the big USC UCLA game. You still have to buy that out of pocket. Oh my God. That's how we always like, stand for the fuck? Mm-hmm. UCLA didn't give me shit. Mm-hmm. I just got the goddamn common book. Yeah, you still think you can use my photo in your diversity? Oh, exactly. Oh, I can't. It's out the bag. Like, dude. Look at how diverse. Look at how many. Because everybody knows if a nigga gets rich and famous, you still is gonna be claiming my ass up the ass, right? Like, if I become the next president of the United States or write a goddamn book or become the next Oprah, and know, they're gonna be writing it everywhere. Oh yeah, Jalen Broadway was alumni. Fuck you. Like. And they're going to keep asking don't claim for money. Me. And no, don't claim me, you silly. They're going to claim you and ask for money. That's, what, the, that's what they're going to do. They're going to be like, thank you for all your support. Now, since you got this salary now, Get can the you? fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not giving you a motherfucking dime. I swear to God. I'm like, listen, as much time as I spend, that time is money. Oh, my so gosh. Much. And then fucking grad photos. Yeah. They were literally, my grad photos were literally $80 oh, for three digital. I and I said, I was telling the person taking the photos, I was like, I was taking them through UCLA. I was like, I paid almost $100,000 in four years, but mm-hmm. you guys can't even let me take free grad photos. Like, that doesn't count in my yeah. tuition anywhere, and you charge me campus fees, like $300 in campus fees yeah. every year. Like, right. what the fuck? Like, I'm literally paying like $80 for a fucking three digital files in my graduation mm-hmm. photos. And I just gave you a hundred thousand dollars over four years. Yeah. Fucked up. Wasting my damn time. They said anything to get a little bit extra. So if you if you could all say like whether or not our colleges prepared us for post grad, would you say no? Oh, Hell so no. no. <laughs> to the no no no. Hell to the no. I'm stuck. Well, I tell you, I'm stuck. Like I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is the thing. People be telling me like, oh, go to the career center. I don't need career help, and then career motherfuckers they talk. They talk to everybody, so they're only gonna give you a generalized. It's just these lawyers that need to give people opportunities. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. I think that's what I learned. At least my personal experience as well is that Berkeley prepared me. What their purpose was to prepare. Oh, and this you is what you said. I gave me at the career center. Wow. A fucking pamphlet. This is what they gave me. I said I need help applying. Like I don't know if I want to go to grad school or enter the workforce. And they gave okay. you a book. Here's, here's the UCLA like career, career guide. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, and here's how to use handshake. I'm oh not illiterate. Gosh. I know how to use fucking handshake. I want to know. I want to talk to somebody about whether or not I should go to grad school mm-hmm. or enter the workforce. Yeah. I can't even get no job off a handshake yeah. either. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Here's the thing. Because here's the thing. What they don't tell you is that most of the people on them jobs, it's like they want like the sort of like kind of like the standard person. Like I feel that for my major, my major was communications. 
And it's like communication, you could go on with any different field that I wanted to. But it's like every time I applied for a job that like communication specific, it was like, oh, you want certain experiences that I did mm-hmm. in colleges. Like they wanted, like they have asked me like, oh, why didn't you do the, uh, the on-campus radio show? I was like, they're not, they're not inclusive. I'm just like, it's like, mm-hmm. I put myself, in, I put myself in, in situations where it's like, I want to be around the people, around people, for the people, by the people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm not finna sell myself on this campus just so you can increase your numbers. Yeah. And so you, we can make it look good because you got a token black girl over here on your blog, on your little, on your little program, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the person. You want me to fulfill your diversity. You want to me to, you want to put me in diversity, you want to put me in diversity bracket. And it's like, when I tell you people, no, I'm like, and, they, and I can't just say in the interview, like, oh, they're racist. Cause what's that going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what's that, is that going to help? my case it's not gonna help my case they, they ain't gonna give me no job because they gonna it's gonna look like a pity aspect it's gonna like oh so are you applying to the job because you're african-american i'm like no 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 no. i'm applying this because i want representation mm-hmm. and that they, and that's something they don't get they don't understand it's like i'm doing this because no one else before me has done it before yeah this is yeah and i'm doing because no one else has done it for me before and so it's very it's always a difficult situation because it's like I want to put myself out there. I want to get into the entertainment industry, but it's like entertainment industry costs hard hard work. Yeah. And it's like I feel that sometimes it's like I feel like I did go to the wrong school when I was thinking mm. about my career path. Because I mean, Berkeley's more of a research institution, and I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here like I could have been better going somewhere else. But you know what? The name it's, it's, a, it's still a big the, name. The in name. LA. I mean, California in general. But the name. So that helps you mm-hmm. kind of, and I mean like. It's all about, like, who you know, not what you know. True. It doesn't matter what school you went to. You could have went to, like, the best school for communications, and if you didn't make any connections or network while you were there, you would still be in the same spot you are now. Networking is key. Literally. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. California, and I feel like, not even California, everywhere, they're so nepotistic. Like, Mm, people mm -hmm. won't accept you or, like even give you a chance to get your foot in the door unless you know them or you know somebody who knows yeah. them. Like, that's just how that's it real. is. So, like, literally, you could, like I said, you could have went to the best communication school in the world mm-hmm. and if you didn't make any friends there or meet any professors or make any networks or get any experience, mm-hmm. you would literally be in the same spot you are right now. But here's the problem I feel like I struggle with. Most of my, it's like this thing. I feel like, the, it, why I say I went to a wrong school because, like, the professors, they weren't really supporting yeah. me in, like, the mm-hmm. capacity I wanted them to. Not to be real. Like, I'm real. They're stretched so thin. They're stretched so thin. First of all, they're stretched so thin. Some of these teachers were teaching, like, four upper division classes. Yeah. Four to four upper division classes. And each class got, like, 150 students. So, that's already your name. Really? Yeah. That's how it was at Berkeley? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, the, like I want to say a lot of people were in the media studies department. A lot of them were. But it was, like, the classes only taught, like, one in one class a semester. So, it's, like... I had to take all of my core classes. I took like one each semester. They weren't taught all simultaneously. Like you couldn't, like you had to wait. So if you missed it, then it was like, oh. I can't relate to that at all. So it was kind of awkward. But it was like, the thing I had to struggle with is that like most of the, like I had a situation where one of my professors called, thought I was racist. Was be, not racist, but he thought that I plagiarized on the paper because me and another black student wrote about the same topic. We both wrote a paper on Migos. And they called me in. That happened in my sociology class. But what happened was, like, I wrote a paper on um, the... I was supposed to do something on, like, um, going outside of the norm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I did, like, I wrote, like, I wore my real hair out instead of wearing my wig, like, around my family. And I wrote about that. And, like, my the my TA was, like, an Asian woman. And so she read it and she, like, literally didn't understand it. She's like, you didn't complete the assignment. Like, you what? didn't do it. Because she didn't understand, like, how that mm-hmm. went outside the norm. 
And so I had to explain it to her. But then, like, thankfully, in the class, there was, like, an African-American TA. And, like, I had had him for a couple of my gender studies classes. And Mm -hmm. so he explained it to her. Like, I had to talk to him and the professor and get him, them, like, him to explain it to the professor and the TA. Oh, my god! But, like, that bitch was out to get me anyway. But, mm-hmm. like, thank God that I had someone there who was of color and knew me and could explain it to her because mm-hmm. she wasn't taking my word for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, no matter how hard I tried to, like, I literally told her the same thing that he told her. But she didn't listen or believe it until he said it. Because that's how I was. Because, I mean, I had the opposite. Because, like, all the people in the media studies department were just all old white people. About on their last leg, about to retire, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of awkward because like I'm coming there with this new fresh energy. Most of them, I had to spend like I want to say all the papers I wrote. I want to say I spent half of that damn paper trying to educate them on the topics I was about to talk about. So am I? Mm-hmm. Am I talking about my points? No, because I have to give you the information. I have to teach you because you don't know, mm-hmm. and they will always mark me down. But I'm sitting here I'm like. You're not going to understand it. I can't give you no, like, fucking, like, introduction paragraph before I even give you my paper sometimes. Because some of them just say, I just want you to go straight to the point. And I'm like, how can I go straight to the point if you don't understand what I'm trying to say from my personal background? And it was just like, I felt that because, I'll be blunt, because my, my, um, my, what I studied was, wasn't, POC friendly mm-hmm. I was sitting here that's why I kind of leaned to African American studies more because I was like this is a this is a, a department where it's like there are people like me who, who are in these classes we can talk about similar issues but at the same time I did have that weird structure of like what are you going to do with a degree in African American studies mm-hmm. and it's like there's a lot of things you could do I'm like it's just as big as communications I'm just like it's one of those things where it's like history it's like you you we use the history we use what we learn about our people to know how we work with each other in the environment it's that's what that's what I appreciated about my experience but the fact that I had to actually start go to another department to actually be able to write about the topics that I ha- I want to write about, like I did. Wait, my- so, like, are you saying that I need to recover? Mm-hmm. Are you saying like you were being like, kind of like told you can't write about PCOS then like in a communications class? It felt like that. It felt like because it felt like honestly, it was just like everybody, everybody who read my paper wasn't a person of color. It was Cal really not that diverse at all. So one guess how many black students we got one point nine. That's how many we got one point nine percent of the school is black. No, not students. I'm talking about faculty. Faculty that's even less diverse. That's the thing. And so it's like so that's what kind of like I was kind of stuck in that department for a little bit simply because it was that there was all I met so many people who were media studies majors who were African American. But I, they were trans, they were leaving. So it was kind of like, all right, so I kind of don't have no one to hold my hand or help me out with this crutch about trying to put my identity into what I'm writing because community, wow. because that's the thing. It's like me, we study media. Media is a reflection of society. And so it's very difficult when it's like your people who are teaching the media aren't really reflect, are reflective of the actual society we live into. I definitely was encouraged to be as diverse as possible in all my papers, sociology or gender studies or my GEs, like very much like write about your black experience, like, like any kind of like paper that mm-hmm. I had free reign on, I always did it on something on black women mm-hmm. and that was always accepted no matter what. Like mm-hmm. I 
I'm in shock that Berkeley is like that. Berkeley's <laughs> uh, a trap. I, 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 read a, I, I read a paper on, I mean, I was doing a juxtaposition, and I love this topic too. It was basically a juxtaposition between the bad girls club and basketball wise. So how it's like those shows represent. Yeah, how they, yeah. Fucking yeah, like it was a good ass paper and I fucking love that shit. I was, oh, the fact, I loved it. I was putting so much research in there and like from different like scholars and stuff like that. I just brought that paper to my media studies class, and it was like, girl, what the hell is this? I did that one time for... Um, <laughs> They're like, I ain't never heard of these shows before. Oh. They wanted me to write about the fucking Modern Family and yeah. the oh Office and shit. God. The Bachelor. Like, the Bachelor. York, like, literally New York. I Love New York started it for The Bachelor. Like, that's, that's, that's what that's what that's And I wrote about that for an article on her campus, literally, and my editor was like, I've never heard of New York before. And I was like, well, now you have. Yeah, you have. So go do your research. Yeah. Now. So go watch go. I Love New York and Flavor of Love, and watch the first two seasons, and then I Love New York because she got three seasons, and then like then watch The Bachelor. It's literally just the same thing. Okay. Wait, does anyone else have a similar experience? So I feel like college, what they do, what it does is like it prepares you to work for other people as opposed to yes. ever. I feel like what college is terrible at like you will not have or my experience i did not have any time to actually figure out what were my passions because i was way too damn busy focusing on like i need to do this for you and I, I need to catch this deadline for you everything for you for the university and that shit is what hurt me so bad after once post-grad hit because now i'm like I got this free time. I can't really work right now because I have shit going on at home. But, like, I'm getting so much into my head because all I've ever learned was to value is my work effort for somebody else or mm. for something else. And now I don't even know what I'm supposed to do for myself. Literally, like, And I, that shit hit hard. I literally had a breakdown about yes. that. Like, but it was more on, like, the personal aspect of it. Like, yes. while I was in college, like, five people died in my family mm. within three oh. years. And I spent, like, my entire college career up until, like, freshman year, my first week there, up until, like, I came back from London, mm. like, January of this year, taking care of other people, like, taking care of my mom, taking care of my grandpa while he was alive, like, being there as an emotional support for mm. both of them, and, like, trying to be a full-time student, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, I don't have, like, I'm a first generation, I have no one to really ask about this, yeah. you know, mm. doing all of that, and it was always my plan, like, I always planned as soon as my grandma died my like freshman year and during mm. my first quarter that I would graduate and live with my grandpa papa until he died and I was going to take care of him until he died and that was just going to be it like I didn't mm. care about what kind of job I got out of school I didn't care about grad school I didn't want to do anything for myself I just wanted to be with him until he passed and mm. I was assuming it was going to be like 20 years but he ended up dying like last year mm. and so like once I like like graduated and stuff like I had a breakdown because I was like I don't know what I'm supposed to do now yeah. I spent four years planning to take care of him and now like I and I didn't make any plans for myself like I mm. didn't find out what I liked I didn't find out what I wanted to do or try different things yeah. because I was like it doesn't matter what I like anyway because all my attention is going on like being with him mm. and spending those last years with him and like literally like I had a breakdown like because I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with myself now and this is why I can't figure out what kind of job I want to apply for yeah, because I too. didn't I don't have enough time to like figure it out it's only been like less than nine months that I've really given myself the chance to like really think about like what Jalen wants to do mm-hmm. and so like I completely resonate with what you're saying but mm-hmm. like more in terms of like a personal mm-hmm. aspect than a like mm-hmm. academic one yeah but that shit like oh my gosh like it was like such a like real world experience like mm-hmm. fuck like mm-hmm. 
it's really just like yeah. you out there. Like I really need to take better care of like yourself and figure out what yeah. you like. Cause I'm the one who has to be with myself forever. Yeah. Like regardless true. of anyone else, I'm the one who has to go and sit and do something every day for 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Like until I die. Mm, that's real yeah when your identity like revolves around someone else or your identity revolves around only being a student mm, once yeah. you're not a student that shit it's like it's what the fuck are you supposed it's to like, do yeah. yeah like honestly i say this it's like throughout my whole co- college experience like i kind of was came in here just for the money mm-hmm. i came in there attended sociology i realized i didn't like sociology that much so then I jumped into business. I realized I didn't like math that much. So then I, <laughs> so then I ended up jumping into media studies because it's just like it was a, like for me it's like it was an easy major. It's media. It was like it was an easy major. I was like I just want something that was easy and something I could do that was fun and talk and very interactive. And I want to say it's like after after mostly just realizing that the department was not was anti black and really not as welcoming as I thought I was like you know what? it's okay because I'm just go doing this degree so I can support my granny when I go home and then and a surprise surprise granny passes away and it's like I, exactly. I and I feel like it's like even though it hurt, it hit me very hard especially at a weird part part of my college mm-hmm. career it was like it was the awakening that I needed Definitely. because the thing is that I feel that if I was still going through college that same mindset that I'm going to take care of my family mm-hmm. I wouldn't have able to be yeah. able to pursue my dreams. 100% I wouldn't have been able no yeah I've been sitting down fucking I would be literally in them I'd be comfortable at a nine to five, at an office, like, I, I, and that's yeah. not me, and that's not my personal aspect. I feel like eventually I probably would have even started to resent Papa, and that's like the last thing I want to do. But like, because I devoted my whole life to him, and then I, I think I would have woken up one day at twenty five and been like, "What am I doing with myself?" Hmm. And like, that is definitely not what he wanted. So like, I always say everything happens for a reason, yeah. either whether it be death or something super awful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's supposed to happen because now I want to go to grad school and I had an empathy. Like after my breakdown, I was like, you know, I'm going to go get my marriage family therapy license and I'm going to go to grad school. and I want to be a grief counselor and help people who have like been through everything that I've been through. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, it really is like you kind of have to go through hell to find (laughs) the other side, the light at the end of the tunnel. And and they don't tell us that we graduate. Like I'm not, well not even we graduate, but when we even walk into school, they, some schools maybe give you the very rude awakening where it's like the same people that you see in orientation are not going to be the same people you walk the stage with. Sometimes I've heard that aspect where some people just like, listen, do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do on these, on this campus. Mm-hmm. And it's like they really don't tell you what it is. It's like it's more just like I mean like whatever your heart desires. But it's like I sometimes I see people spiral down where it's like if their heart desires them to take seventeen units this first semester, they oh gonna gosh. they gonna do that shit then because it's like they want because some people want to have that hard work ethic and they weren't really prepared to do to continue that hard work ethic post a uh, high school. Some of them, the thing, they want to take all these students from all these different types of schools and stuff like that and bring them all on this campus and make them say, like, listen, you were the best of the best out of your school. And now you're here and now you get to explore all the research that you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. But here's the gag. I'm like, y'all don't try. Like, I feel like this. I feel like because I went to an inner city low income, like, charter school, mm-hmm. I had peers who went to, like, very prestigious charter, who prestigious private schools, yeah. who what? were the... Who are about Frederick Douglass? No, 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 not. I'm talking about in high in college. Oh, I'm not. Like, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I'm sitting here. And I'm like, there are people. Like there are people from my high school. Like there. Like I'm the only person from my high school who went to Berkeley. To my Same. knowledge. Yeah. To my knowledge. 
And so the issue I had was that, like, I'm meeting people who were, like, went to private schools. They went to, like, very, they went to, like, different schools to where it's, like, their education stat, like, with their education requirements are way different than mine. And so it's like, I just had to get by. And it's like, I kind of went to college to get by. I wasn't really going to college to really, so say, like, you pursue know, higher education. That happened a lot my freshman year. I realized, like, all the people who are on my floor had, like, gotten, like, had came in with, like, 20, 30 units because they had taken AP classes. Mm-hmm. And I went to View Park, and literally they only offered two AP classes for the entire year. Like, my entire junior and sophomore year, they offered a total of four, mm-hmm. two each year. And you could only take one a year. And then one year, they bought the wrong test. So I literally spent a year in AP government and they bought the international AP international relations test. What the hell? And they didn't, nobody noticed until the day of the test, like the nationwide um, AP testing. And it was only because like I brought it up because I was like, why do they keep asking about China and German, like Germany, like politics? I was like, this is AP Gov, you know? And so I was like, but like, it was so crazy. Like all the kids on my floor and I was the only black person on my floor were like, you know, I came in with 30 units because I took like seven like AP classes. And they, and the thing is that some of these people, like they had that mindset grilled to them. Like, oh, you're going to take all these classes. We want, we want to make you a competitive candidate for college. But it's like, I sat here and it's like, I took AP classes. I failed on my damn test. I'm saying, you know, I took the, them tests was wasting my time. To be they honest. were just like really for the money. Like they didn't really do anything mm-hmm. like to better my chances of getting in. Like I still got into UCLA and I only took one AP test. Okay. So and I didn't even. I I think I got like a three or four. Like I got a, a two on the AP Cal. I think it was like a three and it was AP English. I got a two on everything. I literally took. I took. I took two tests. Uh, my junior year and two tests my senior year. I forgot what's It's subject. just like a, an it's elitist I, tool. It, elitism. Ah, oh, that's another topic. We're gonna just talk. like the SAT. We're the ACT. Don't talk about that. That's just... Honestly, that's why I appreciate grad school programs that don't require a GRE. Oh, because, like, those are like... Because I feel like those ones, they're just like, actually, I want to know how... You have used your education. What do you really want to study? Mm-hmm. They're not going to use this... Because I feel like with college, if I honestly could write... Tell the tell like before I came to college, if I actually could just like during the application process, if I could just tell them why I truthfully want to go to school and not have to take a test to show you that I'm qualified in anything, because I'm saying how like this, we all not taking the same classes, so why we gotta take the same damn test? Especially fucking get in school, grad school program for like communications or like art or education. Like, what does the GRE, which is like a basically an advanced version of the SAT, have to do with like literature? Or, like, helping people with actual, like, people skills or, like, mm-hmm. actually applying practical. Yeah, it's elitism. Like, just like the yeah. SAT. Yeah, like, literally. That's all it is. Yeah. I could go on and on about the damn SAT. I could talk all the shit. <laughs> shit. I could talk all I could talk all of that. But, y'all might think this is the end. But, no, we're just getting started. When I tell you... New episodes every Thursday to shy Thursdays. Feel free. I'm fucking dead. Well, I mean, that's... Well, I like that. Thursday. To Thursday. I know, yes. Grab you a glass of wine. Get you a nice blunt. Sit down. Listen to this shit. Listen to us as we talk all this shit about how I am not ready to be an adult. Every week, new episodes, new people, real opinions, real shit. This is real grown shit, y'all. Y'all, I'm not ready for this. Adulthood but is ghetto. Adulthood is ghetto. 20s is not as great as No, it's so fucking ghetto. It's trash. <laughs> it's all hype. 
it's literally all fucking high. But you know what? Being 21 is not high. No, it's, I, it's like, it's like, it's like it, legally it's fun. You turn 21, <laughs> it, it's like you turn 21, everything goes downhill. Yeah. That's what happened. 22, graduate from yeah. college. 23 is Jacoby year. What else you get? I don't know. And it's like, I, what year do you, do, can you not claim your parents on taxes? And, not taxes, 25. but 25. <laughs> Wait, are Wait. you serious? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I'm glad <laughs> I know this now. Cut off of people's uh, insurance. No, no. My mom, my, 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 my mom's medical insurance until I'm 27. Okay, good. It's no. like, so is it 27 or 25? It's case I'm by case. It's 25. It's case by Well, I know I can't. I know that I have to start filing as independent on my taxes. Well, not on taxes, but like if I ever go to, if I ever go to grad school and I got to fill out the mm-hmm. FAFSA again. I'm like, oh cause, yeah, cause I, I, I can't claim nobody, so I'm just trying. I'm trying to go back to the go back to grad. Like school. I have no I, what, like income. Mm-hmm, Cause I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I so much to think about still. So much to think about. So That's much adulthood. Like everything is fast forward. Everything's fast paced. There's too many things to think about at once. Like you're trying to be like, what am I gonna eat? But oh shit, ten years from now I need to be doing this. So yeah, like, which exactly. one do I prepare for? Yeah, like, like which job do I take? The one that pays twenty an hour, but or do I do the one that doesn't pay a lot but has really good experience for grad school? Mm-hmm. But do I even want to go to grad school still? Mm-hmm. Or like, what did when am I gonna go to grad school? Like. Too much. Yeah. Question. I need a car. Oh, shit. I need a Speak light. it. You know what? You know what? I feel like, we know what I regret and honestly blame this. I feel like when I came to college, because it was such like a, because the campus was more of like everything was walking distance, I wasn't incentivized to bring a car or even mm. thought about even pursuing mm. my license. Mm. So guess what I ain't got? And now that I'm back in LA, I need a car. I need a license. So if any of y'all listen to this shit, want to help me teach me how to drive, let me know. Can't drive. I can't this is expensive you. to be alive in California. Really? <laughs> Even just the air is fucking expensive, and that shit and will kill you with all the fire. <laughs> oh my god! Shit, you oh. breathe in too hard, you won't be able to breathe out. Yeah, because y'all y'all heard about the fuck? Because there's fires going on in the Bay Area. Like, fires you can going smell down. It, like literally, it, I smelled it when I was coming over here. I was in Westwood until six a.m. last night. I was there when all the um the Amber Alerts or whatever came on the phone. Like I was awake. Like. Right yeah. by the fucking 405 where they were going off. Like, the smell of, like, smoke was so bad. Oh I was like, God. oh, my God. I was like, and I was sitting outside at this hookah bar. And I was like, I got to leave, guy. I was like, he's like, no. I was like, no, no. This is like, no. My lungs are breathing in, like, like straight yeah. ash right now. Like, people, like, you can't even see the sky. I want to tell you, in Berkeley, they used to be able to literally passing out masks for folks. Just and the fact that they still have to go to school, go to like work and shit like that. I'm like the air is not safe for people to be like breathing. People are you dying. Would think, you would think that Florida would be the one getting all the damn fires since they're stationed right over hell. But I mean, come on, we got the earthquakes and now the damn fires. Like, what if we have an earthquake while the fire's happening? Uh, the big one happens. Knock on. Don't wood. don't jinx like, it. Okay, yeah. good. That's real. That's real. But like, but like I said, look out for Tashia Thursdays. Look out for Tashia Thursdays. Wear a face mask. Okay, wear literally. <laughs> Rose. Yeah, literally. This is one of those podcasts where I literally when I tell you we got some energetic personalities and you're gonna love us. I'm telling you we're great. Wait, people. I have a really good one. Roll a blunt and drive on the 405 and just stick your hand out of the window and light it on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Just like play the podcast in your car and just roll the blunt. Just stick it out. Just put your arm out of the window. And like the fire is literally right there. And just like up. It. You yeah, won't you won't miss it. it. You It'll won't. be hot as fuck. So wear a tank top and get some water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, look. Missouri man flies to California, sets 13 wildfires, and tries to fly home. What? What? Yeah, stop. Bitch, it was arson? Ah! Oh, my 
Florida guy. He's, Wait. He's white. Was he white? Yes. I knew. I knew. I fucking Wait, it was arson? The fact that this motherfucker. Oh. Dude, they're going to give him life. Okay, because listen, literally listen, it's listen. like 100 acres have burned listen, so listen. far. Graham would light pieces of paper on fire and then toss them out of his window as he drove. He's believed to have set at least 13 f- fires, four on Friday and nine on Saturday. The oh devil is a lie. And he's white. <laughs> oh, of course he is. Of course it's, he is. It's Jesus. Ugh. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Ew, he looks like the um, pastry doughboy guy. Oh, you know? Yeah. I don't even want to eat them. No, I don't want to eat them now. Dude. Oh, this man. He's like, the if, devil. You, if you poke his stomach, he laughs. It's like, tee, tee. Oh, God. No, you poke his stomach, he's gonna fucking light you on fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I don't. Now it's, uh, do you remember Marshmallow Man? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Were you reading that for NorCal? Because that was in September. Now they're saying one for eight hours ago, oh, a woman God. arrested in Sacramento is it for, un, for the fi- arts or fires. Simona, yeah. But that was eight hours ago. I don't even know. Point is, someone did it. Yeah, the point is, like, if somebody did it. Because I, I was like. Because all this shit is a coincidence. It's not even a coincidence. I'm like, somebody said that's a. This is literally like almost exactly the same time last year that they happened over there. The Skirball fire. Mm-hmm. It was in like December. So we're like literally two months. I mean, hey, when you got that much privilege, you can just kind of do whatever you want. Oof, huh? That's just rude. Mm-hmm. That's just rude. How you gonna, why would you? Why when the system was made to protect I know. You, you can do it. Hey, look want. at Brock Turner. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, you know. But my thing is just like this. It's like, why Sorry, would you? Like my thing is, why, why would you? Just throw fire out of fucking out your fucking car. Dude, why are so I, I'm like I know people are dumb, but I'm like damn. I'm like it's not the whole race, but it's a good percentage. It's a good percentage. It is a good percentage of y'all. <laughs> yeah, it is a good percentage of y'all that are acting a hot yeah. ass mess. Why people really decided to like leave where they were from and just like colonize it? Literally. literally. Have you seen a meme where it's like white people act like like Jesus said like leave you in charge like. Like like God said, I'm gonna leave you specific page like bail page people in charge. And I'm like, wasn't Jesus black? I would hope to God. I would hope he wasn't saying that. Yeah, so I'm like it was like sheep's wool, yeah, my four C. Jesus had my four C. Yeah, Jesus had my <laughs> Jesus and me had the same hair texture. Okay, we was mm-hmm. we gonna be sharing hair mm-hmm. products. If I ever see that man, I'm gonna be like, listen, you try this new Carol's daughter yet? You try. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But yes, find us next week on Tashire Thursdays. Thank you so much for the first episode. The yes. first episode is down. Yeah.